0: All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, fourth attempt at the intro time, third Saturday in October time, does not mean that we're in mid-season form time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Hope everyone out there is having a good Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I would say Saturday evening but I don't think it's going to be that fun of a Saturday evening if I'm just going to be totally honest about that. Well, if
1: it's on Saturday evening, there's still going to be a couple hours for the game. That's true. true.
0: Uh, That's true.
1: One of the benefits of podcasts, you can listen wherever, and also another benefit, as opposed to live radio, you can redo things when you mess up. That's true. And normally... We're all struggling today.
0: I got to tell you, our hit rate for the intro is usually pretty solid. Like, we do one test, then boom, we're ready to go. Like, we come out of the box swinging. Uh, This took a fourth attempt because I kept either saying the wrong thing or hitting the wrong button or not having the volume turned up.
1: So basically it was all your
0: fault. 100%. 100%. There's no question about it. But, and I was thinking about this a second ago, that's sort of like Tennessee season, right? Took about four or five tries. Eventually got the thing right. And in typical Tennessee fashion, Tennessee's reward for a really really solid performance against Mississippi State that, that possibly could have turned the, the entire season around and still might. Uh, Tennessee's reward for that is a trip to the, the seventh Circle in Hell, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Bryant Denny Stadium on Saturday night, which is going to be quite the uh, viper pit uh, for the Vols. They're gonna do a uh, some sort of a like a laser rave show thingy that looks kind of cool. Well, that's Before why they've been
1: complaining about not having any night games because they haven't been able to show off the new uh, lighting toys over uh, at, at Bryant Denny. I'm gonna make sure that I'm either uh, back getting a refill of a drink, or in the bathroom, or not paying attention when they do that. Because
0: yeah, um, should my I, eyes
1: are not ready for that nonsense,
0: should I should I go ahead and play a <clears throat> play a card for Alabama and say, you know what, guys, some of us are stroke survivors here. I don't know if we need to be the, and uh, and, and and just to be clear, um, epilepsy did prevent my dad from going to Vietnam, so this might be kind of a thing that maybe this isn't a, a Team Rucker activity. This, this,
1: uh, is, this is like a Tom Haverford like presentation. Yeah, the basically. Department where That's he asks, exactly anybody, what it is anybody, uh, it's when he's trying to get uh, some of his coworkers to invest in the Snake Hole Lounge. Yes. yes. He's like, does anybody have any blah, blah, blah with like flashing lights? And Jerry's like, I do both. There you go. And Tom's like, don't care. And does it anyway? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's that, what Alabama's doing.
0: That that's that's what's gonna happen. And um, Ryan would know about this, but he's not seeing the show. Uh, or sorry, letter, or Letterkenny. But that's or another the topic for another day. Working on it. <sighs> Unbelievable. Guys, uh, here is the deal. Tennessee goes to play Alabama this weekend. I think without making any major assumptions here. We have a pretty good idea of how this thing's going to go. Uh, you know, you got to line up and play the game. That's why you, you go line up and play. Tennessee's going to uh, put together a game plan and have every intention of going down there and winning a football game. Uh, and they should do that. They're Tennessee. They should never forfeit any game, you know, even in their own mind before it starts. But um, this matchup is is really, really not a good one for Tennessee. Even Tennessee's wide receivers – which are almost always the best wide receiver group on the field uh, will not be the best wide receiver group on the field in this game because Bama's wide receiver core is about as good as I've seen in college football in a, in a while. Uh, they're
1: really really good. And Ryan, it, Ryan, you're a Titans fan. Would you would you trade your top four receivers and your quarterback for what Alabama has right now? No question. <laughs> I mean right now is that even a tough call with I mean you're well, switching no, to but, Ryan Tannehill from Mariota. But, well, no, but uh, but yeah. how many NFL teams would, would be like, you know what, yeah, I'd, it's, I'd take it's a former college wide receiver guys.
0: Ryan Tainhill.
1: Well, it's not as many as Jeremy Pruitt might have suggested. Didn't he say earlier this week that a lot of NFL teams yeah. probably don't have uh, – that's probably overstating it a little bit, but there I'd are several. Five, I'd say five to ten. Yeah. That's five to ten. I agree with that.
0: And, and here, here's the deal. Uh, we know what Alabama's going to do at quarterback in this game, at least for the first half and maybe a drive or two. They're going to have um, two of the the machine out there with his uh, machine-like wide receivers. Tennessee, on the other hand, uh, will go into this game, at least I think, uh, and and this is, no matter what Jeremy Pruitt says the rest of this week, uh, I I think we all know that there is a decision to make Saturday night uh, with Brian Maurer. Now, whether you fall on the side of he should play uh, if he's cleared or be careful, just set him out a week, Regardless, and we'll have that debate here in just one one second. But um, regardless, I think we can all admit that Jeremy Pruitt does have a decision to make, and it is not necessarily a simple one.
1: Well, it may not even be his decision. I mean, if Maurer hasn't cleared the protocol for concussions, then there's no decision to make. He's not going to play.
0: That's very true, and we've seen him out there on the practice field. Um, but of course, quarterbacks don't get hit out there during practice yeah. ever. Um, so he can take drop. He can, he can do the whole drop back and throw the ball thing. We've seen him do that this week. So there have been no issues there. Um, but, you know, taking live bullets is, is another thing. And, uh, we'll see if that decision is out there to be made now, now for the sake of this debate, let's, let's, I, I don't like to assume generally, but the only way this debate here quickly works is if we assume something. So we're going to do that. You know, what Let, happens when
1: you assume though.
0: That's true. You, you lose to Alabama by a hundred points. Let's, let's assume that before the game starts Saturday, Brian Maurer is is cleared to play because we've all seen different kinds of concussions and and we did see that he was out there celebrating with his team after the game he's been out there at practice Uh, this is not looking like one of those deals even with like Riley Locklear last week where he was on the practice field just kind of looking like a dude who was still dazed and confused and just standing there and watching Maurer's actually out there running around doing some things and he jumped into the the crowd Saturday with the with the students to celebrate so he's you know not all concussions are equal, and he might be okay. If he's okay to play, um, do you play him in this game?
1: Yeah, you play him because he's your best quarterback, and he's your best chance of winning the game. You're not going down there to cover the 34 and a half point spread. You're not going down there to put up a good show. You're going down there to win the game. I know that seems far fetched, and no one expects you to win the game, but nobody expects South Carolina to go to Georgia and win either. So you know you got to go out there and and, uh, and and take your best hand and, and play your play play your best lineup and play your best team. Uh, and see what happens. I mean, you, you're going to need to score points against Alabama. They're averaging 51 a game. Um, and, and you've been moving the ball a lot better with Brian Maurer the past two games and uh, than you have with, with Jarrett Garantano. That's not to say Garantano couldn't get the job done if, if they had to start him or had had to play him a lot. But uh, I think Maurer gives you more upside. He gives you more risk too. But uh, you you have to be able to take that risk when you, you see what he can do with his arm and, and with his legs. Yeah, nope. I, th-
0: I think the thing – and, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to set you up for this one because – you know, I think it's no secret that um, Pat and I have already been on record pretty strongly about this. And there's only two ways that that Pat and I go on something. Either we completely agree, um, like in unison, or just could not be farther apart from each other and will not concede any ground, and it's just not, not a pretty sight. So we've already had this discussion a little bit. I'll weigh in on mine, my opinion in a minute, which obviously is, is not the same as Pat's. But, but... Um, Ryan, I think your opinion on this, I don't know that I know it as strongly. So I'm a guy who says I probably wouldn't play him. Pat's a guy who says he definitely would play him. Where are you on this?
1: I, we discussed this a little bit in our latest episode. I, I, I think, I think you have to play him because you, if, if, if it's an option, he, he still needs the experience. I, I think you can benefit from playing the number one team in the country, um, you know, maybe Tennessee's offense takes a step forward. This is an Alabama defense that's been giving up some points. Now, maybe as Jeremy Pruitt pointed out in the SEC teleconference this week, maybe that's partly because Alabama is scoring so quickly. They're almost giving defenses. Kind, or of putting,
0: I, kind of what I was thinking. Yeah,
1: putting their defense out there for more plays, giving other teams more chances to score. They're maybe keeping their defense tired, not not having long drives and things like that. They're scoring so quickly sometimes. So maybe that's part of it. But whatever the reason, this is an Alabama team you could score a few points on. If you can get... 17, 20 points against Alabama. I mean, not to say that you're happy with the loss no matter what, but if you can get some positives out of this game offensively, that's you need that continuity and you need the confidence going into a huge game against South Carolina next week. And Maurer doesn't need to be knocking off rust in that game ideally. So I think you need to let him continue to play and, and learn things and, and get some confidence going into that game.
0: Here's, here's the reason why I, I say I wouldn't play him. And it's not because... It's not just for the reasons that I think you're probably thinking. I, I think that the obvious is that why take the risk? But but here's why I'm doubling down on that it is because I don't know that Brian Maurer knows a second way to play football. Maybe he'll learn, um, but this kid just does not throw the ball away. This kid does not slide. This kid does not try to run out of bounds. This kid tries to lower his shoulder and get through people or spin around them or jump over them. And twice now in two weeks, he has gotten the absolute crud knocked out of him because he doesn't really know how to manage uh, his body in a game yet. And and I don't – I'm looking at these guys, and I was just looking at pictures, and I know that Bama's defense on paper, um, at, at least a few positions, isn't quite what it was. But they talk about some of those inside linebackers, like their liabilities. Go look at those dudes. They're enormous. If e- if either of those guys gets a really clean shot on Mauer, that that's painful. And I think he's a guy that there will be games this season, like Mississippi State, where I think you know a guy like Garantano could win you that game, like Vanderbilt perhaps, uh, Kentucky perhaps. Maybe, maybe even South Carolina. Um, But there's a couple other ones out there, and I'm looking at you, South Carolina, where, you know, or Missouri, certainly, where Tennessee's going to have to score some points to win the game. And I don't know that that Garantano can go win you that game, whereas maybe, maybe Maurer could. And and I just think you're going to need this kid. And I am a little bit worried about he started two games and finished neither of them. And I don't know that throwing him out there in Tuscaloosa uh, is a great idea because I think that that until he learns a, a better way to play the game or smarter way, um, he might get the snot knocked out of him.
1: I mean, uh, that, those are all fair concerns, but he, the bottom line is he's got to learn that. If he can't make it through a game against Alabama, you know, is he going to have much better luck against South Carolina, Kentucky, those types of teams? I, I don't, I don't know that you can say that for sure. So, I. I think you've got to put him out there. He's got to learn the consequences of taking those kinds of hits, and maybe taking some hits from some guys that are as big and strong and fast as anybody in the country will help to re- you know, <laughs> hammer home that message. But I, I think he, I think he's learned some things clearly from these first couple games he started, and even playing in the Florida game, and he'll he'll learn more as he goes along. And that's why I think there's so there's so many benefits. I mean, there's just an inherent risk playing football. I don't think you can let that sway you from playing the guy that you think is your best player and, and hey, maybe you even keep this game close and make it interesting.
0: I just think it's one thing to throw a kid into the deep end. It's another thing to throw a kid into the deep end when there's a bunch of sharks in there too. <laughs> like I think at some point you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um but we'll see. That's why they go out there and play the game. I know exactly the way Pat feels on this and
1: Yeah. No, I'm scared I'm not scared of Alabama. I'm not saying I'm that. also not playing in the game, so
0: well I mean I, I I think that there's a difference in being scared of something and saying this is not the strategically
1: sound decision right now. Well, I mean, you can you can look at this as you know, is this a game you're just trying to get past, or is this a game you're trying to uh, not lose all the momentum that you gained from beating Mississippi State? I mean, you have your final five games are all winnable except for maybe Missouri. I think the Tigers can score too much for for maybe Tennessee, um, <clears throat> but
0: it's like I may not be afraid of that. But I mean,
1: you you know, do you you know, they they have you know Latrell Bump is banged up. Do you hold him out? Uh, Demir Johnson looks like he might be ready to play this week. Do you hold him out, or do you want to get him some snaps for South Carolina? You know, that's I treat everyone
0: else differently from the quarterback, though.
1: True, no, that's, that's you're you're not wrong there. Um, but you know, I just I, I just think I'm not afraid. It's like you I, need to let him go out there and and continue to learn that he can't throw the ball yeah. in double coverage and yeah. force you know force throws in the end zone to get intercepted. And
0: it's like if I'm on a golf course, like that. it's like I'm not afraid of that big water hazard there, right behind, the, right 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 next to the green. Um, but that that doesn't mean that it's smart for me to uh, try to go with the pin well, because the other, I'm not, because I'm probably going to end up in that water. You know, I just I don't other, know.
1: The other thing is you're trying to build a winning program, and and you if 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 your te- if your team knows that there's a chance you could have played your starting quarterback and you didn't, what kind of message does that send when you're trying to make this a program that's competing with Alabama? That's why I, what I
0: said just take the just take the, the sheet that says he's cleared and, and hide it in the drawer for a couple uh, of days.
1: Maybe is, is Mauer going to sit on that? Are you going to let him not, even, well, he, not he, even know? He doesn't have to know. Oh, okay.
0: You're like, I mean, oh, we're still evaluating that,
1: uh, but I, I, I just think you, I think there's so much to gain. This is an, uh, this is an opportunity for Tennessee, I think, in a way, because no one expects them to keep this game close. And when you go back and look at the the last two coaches Tennessee had that showed any signs of life as a head coach, because Derek Dooley never really got there, but Lane Kiffin in his year, don't do it. Just about had Alabama. Don't say the next coach's name. Just about had Al- Alabama beaten, and in 2014 under he, 2015 no no in 2014 too, Tennessee lost by only two touchdowns for Alabama at home right and then in 20
0: 20- even Derek Dooley every game he played against Alabama was a game at halftime more right there
1: but then they eventually ended up being blowouts correct but, but I'm just saying in 2014 Tennessee playing Alabama somewhat competitively was a sign that they were on the right track in year two under but it was my game like 27 nothing at one point it might have been. I don't know. They came back and made the final score respectable, was my, was my point. And, that, and I could see this game maybe ending up like that. I mean, you just had Texas A&M score, what, 28 points against Alabama this past week? Ole Miss scored 31. Yeah. With so, a quarterback who's running all over the place. So even if the final score is 59-31, and even if half the points you score are in garbage time, how much could this team benefit from scoring 31 points against the number one team in the country? And how much could they learn from whatever mistakes or whatever come from this? I just I just think there's too many potential positives in a game like this, maybe you can catch Alabama sleepwalking and you give them a, a bit of a game. I mean, uh, there are so many things that could happen. Or in an, an
0: epileptic fit. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and just, and just taking the scared way out essentially and not playing him because you're worried about injury. I, I, or whatever the case, I, I just don't think that's a reason to sit out. You're the guy that you think gives you the best chance to win.
0: Well, we'll go to break here, but before I do that, I'll just say quickly that I, I, I don't think normally I'm very, very anti coaching games, out of out of fear. I think that you, you in general, I don't believe in that principle, um, but I think people who always do the same thing no matter what, whether it's one thing or another, are sort of fanatics, and I try to, uh, there's always exceptions, I think, and this is one of those weeks where I maybe would make an exception, but that's okay. Uh, we don't have to agree, and uh, we don't, and uh, that's fine. It's two to one, and I can live with that. We're gonna step away for just one second, and if Grant were here, I imagine it would be three to one. But but that's okay. We will step away to break. We'll go pay some bills, do some products, add services, all those things, and be back and talk a little bit about uh, Bama and Tennessee and uh, what this weekend Um, needs to be for the Vols. Hashtag. To the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, West Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Grant Ramey not with us today. He is, uh, he, he's got a little uh, jet lag. What do you call the, the car version of jet lag? Car, car lag. Car-lag. Car lag. Car lag from going down there to uh, to SEC basketball media days. So we'll have some stuff on that too. Uh, he
1: he also might have pop rock syndrome.
0: That's true. And I, I have a... Boy, do I have... It's not a surprise anymore because I'll let y'all know that... I, am, I have a harmonica now that I'm carrying in my bag that every time Pop Rocks is played, I'm just going to start blowing on that harmonica until the, cha- the station is changed. That's my, that's my protest. I would call it a silent protest, but uh, it's not silent because it's a harmonica being played very, very loudly. Uh, guys, Tennessee, in this game, you go down there every game, right, to win the game. Herm Edwards, right, yeah. in theory. Unless you're Wes and you don't want to play your, your Top best 20
1: years on a state coach, Herm Edwards.
0: Yeah, unless you're Wes and you don't want to play your best quarterback because you don't want him to die.
1: Wes the quitter. You,
0: you, yeah, basically. Um, but in general, you get on there and play the game. However, Tennessee is uh, – I haven't checked for th- with Las Vegas recently. I'm guessing about 174-point underdog this weekend uh, in Tuscaloosa. And so let's just say that there's a decent chance Tennessee doesn't win this football game. How – what does Tennessee need to do this weekend to make sure that all the momentum from last week's win doesn't just get completely thrown down the drain?
1: Well, from a coaching staff standpoint, you want to see where... You want Alabama to make you look bad, if that makes sense. You want to play solid and then be like, okay, well, they're just really good. So they just that's have more they, talent. Yeah. I mean, that, that's uh, that's sort of been the story in Georgia in the past two games against Georgia where... Um, that was the difference in the game. I, I don't think Tennessee was overwhelmingly outcoached in either, past, either, in either of, the, of the two Georgia games. But, um, you know, you, you don't want to make a bunch of mistakes. You don't want to have a bunch of penalties. You don't want to, you know, self you know You don't want to have five turnovers or anything like that. You, you want to play as clean as you can and then see what happens. Um, I, I do think Tennessee needs to take some risks in this game. I would, I would be disappointed if there's not at least one onside kick.
0: Well, a couple trick plays, just do because, something. Because I mean,
1: if if Alabama's going to score every possession anyway, you know, want to you know just make them drive fifty yards, and say hey, you you'll get the ball back quicker. Maybe you'll tire their defense out yeah. more. You know, so I, I would, I, I would know, use
0: trick plays, but not your best trick plays, because I would save those for games where you might, where you might, you you, and, you might could uh, sneak and, one off, but try some. And, stuff.
1: and you just want to see, you you want to see more signs of life. You know, we saw signs of life against Georgia. Obviously, they they you know they beat Mississippi State, so there's signs of more life. You. Uh, and the thing is, is that they might they may show signs of life and still lose by forty points, just because that's yeah. how good Alabama is right now, and that's how scary this matchup is for Tennessee. Because uh, defensively, they this is the dilemma of the utmost, because uh, they can't you know they're not going to be able to guard Alabama's wide receivers one on one. Nobody has, nobody probably will. Maybe LSU will see, um, but. It, Tennessee probably can't stop the run or, or get any sort of pressure on Tua unless they commit more people to the box or commit more people to rushing. So uh, they're just going to have to sort of pick their poison and, and hope they can pick the right spots on when to when to pressure and when to um, when to play coverage and hope that they you know maybe maybe Tua has an off night maybe you know yeah it'll only be like five it'll only be like three o'clock. Hawaiian time, so he probably will be fine. But
0: he did throw an interception last week, so uh, he's well, just he's, so overrated.
1: Well, I'll just hand the Heisman to Joe Burrow then. I mean, yeah. Just, uh, but offensively, I think you just need to try to, you know, you need to try to shorten the game. I mean, uh, if you can, and I think you you can find some holes. You know, I think you need to get the tight ends involved. You know, Alabama's got mm-hmm. two really inexperienced linebackers that uh, probably much like Tennessee's linebackers have been a little bit of a liability in coverage. So uh, try to get them one on one with with the backs out of the backfield you know run run guys out you know run the receivers down the field and make make some space and and see if you can't uh you know hit some easy plays there and then you know try to hit some Right, it's some big plays it's you know you got nothing to lose so why not throw the ball down the field a bunch see what happens i All was right. gonna go oh, ahead no go ahead ryan i was just gonna say i this to me as a coach would be a fun game in a way to coach in because you can yeah, just it's yolo yeah you just try everything i mean what why not what everything you do that's a positive in this game that surprises people is a win for you run the oopty oop and if you lose six I, i'd get the lead and then call timeout yeah. I mean if if <laughs> let, it, let, let, let it last longer. If yeah. you if you go up six or if you lose sixty three to seven, it doesn't matter. That's what people expected. So just just go out with everything you got, whatever's in the playbook. And I I would take chances early on, like you're saying, Patrick. If look at what happened in the Georgia game. Tennessee led that game early in the second quarter and made it a game until halftime. And just that alone, even though the final score was forty three fourteen, was enough for people to be talking, Whoa, Tennessee was leading Georgia. I mean it's it, it's a small victory, but it's a victory when you're rebuilding. So, if Tennessee could have something similar, say you go out and you score on the opening drive and then you get an onside kick and you add another field goal and you're up 10-nothing on Alabama. Do you take all three timeouts in that situation? Yeah, for for the first, you know, for the five minutes that was true, you'd have... The take tw- all three timeouts and go ahead and just smoke a cigar. Yeah, the, the it's tw- closest it's going to be. The Twitter world would be you, buzzing, you know, you, all that you, stuff.
0: You just dipped into the waters of what I'm going to suggest to do, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm just... But anything like that that you can pull off in this game, no matter what the final score is, is going to be a win, even if it's Brian Maurer throwing for... And this goes back to the first segment, I guess, but <laughs> uh, if Maurer threw for 300 yards in this game, even if he threw three picks, so what? You know anything like that—that's tangible progress—that shows your offense or your team or your defense headed in the right direction—is a win for you. So just throw some stuff at the wall. You know, try some out-of-the-box things and see what happens.
0: I've said this before, Tennessee. Um, the amount of unsmoked cigars that Tennessee has from the past several years of this of this rivalry—that's uh, a pretty large pretty large box. And if I'm Tennessee, I have a checklist of things to do. Uh, the first thing I would do is uh, when you walk into the stadium before the game starts, um, walk in with your cigars lit. That's the first thing. Because I think you're sending Alabama a message that says, we're going to beat you today. Then I would go promptly to this midfield. Is, this is
1: very much anti what you just said about not playing Mauer yes. because you, you, you'd you be like, don't poke the bear. You know, you'd say. You're, you're, and you're, wouldn't you're, they get, you're getting
0: these two things confused.
1: Wouldn't they get ripped for using the celebratory cigars? Just
0: just, just hold on a second. It just, gets, just it gets It gets better. Then you walk into the stadium promptly, and you start stepping on the A repeatedly. Oh my goodness! I, hold on, I'm not done. To a point <laughs> you're talking where about going Devin
1: Bush, Devin yes, Bush on the Spartan yes, head. That yes, what you're I about? would walk
0: in smoking the victory cigars. I would stomp on the A enough to where Alabama comes over and fights you. Okay, so then you go into the beginning of the game. <laughs>
1: if everyone has everyone, the everyone
0: every single person on the field. Is one unsportsmanlike away from being injected,
1: Right. Then you then you just go at Tua. You just try to make him mad. Then talk, talk trash after every play.
0: I take every walk on that I can put out there, and I put them out there for special teams, offense, and defense. And I pick fights after every snap for the first couple you, plays you, of the you game. You can't bring
1: too many walk ons because it's seventy man roster, but
0: as many as you can bring. Right? Whoever you can spare, even if you're like let's say you're dinged up a little bit and like you can't play, but like you know you can fight if you need to. Put go you go out there. And then you start fighting with them, and you try to get as many of their best players as you can ejected. Because you're gonna lose some of your guys too, and you're gonna have to do that trade. You're gonna have to do the trade, and you don't have a lot of depth, so that's gonna hurt. But if you think about how many guys Tennessee really can play right now who would actually be effective. There's some dead weight into that travel roster. Let's just call it what it is.
1: First of all, this is a hockey strategy, and it never works.
0: Um, <laughs> because it, how many how many times has it been tried in football? When, we know when of.
1: the when the goon is out there trying to pick a fight with the with the, your best center. You the center ignores him. That's it's it's simple strategy. So you would tell your best players, "Hey, look, there's a walk on out there. Don't get in a fight with him."
0: So now what's going to happen? Okay, he,
1: he, what, okay. First, give,
0: me, give me the worst case scenario here. You make Alabama mad, and they beat you by 80 points. Who cares? You know what the difference is between losing by 40 points and 80 points? Nothing. There is literally zero difference between losing be- between 40 points and 80 points.
1: So it to, doesn't matter. To recap, Patrick and I said take some chances, do some wild things. It doesn't matter you're going to lose anyway and no one expects you to. Wes is saying win. muck up the game to the nth degree. Wes is yes. saying <laughs> Wes is saying go to the midfield and take a dump on the history of the yes. game and the rivalry. Yes.
0: Do you uh, do, do you want Do you want to give yourself a chance by doing what I'm doing, by doing what I'm suggesting, you have a 0.1% chance of winning the game. However, if you don't do that, I think you have even less a percentage of chance of winning the game. Because, you know, now the only reason I can tell you why it wouldn't happen, one, because actually Jeremy Pruitt does have respect for this series and would never coach a game like that. Yes. Also, the fact that you
1: gave him his break into college coaching and, and,
0: and, and a place that whatever people think about him the place is near and dear to his heart. Mean, he, still, he, he, when he, played, he played ball there. He coached there. Yes. You know, it,
1: it is what it is. He still guys. refers to Nick Saban as coach. Yes. I mean that's
0: Yes, and I think a lot of those guys do. But but in all seriousness, I think if you're Tennessee, uh, I would not use like your best trick place. So I think there might be games down the sea down the road where you need those. But let, let's say if you're Jim Chaney and you've had some ideas about, I wonder what would happen if I ever tried this in a game. Go ahead and try it. Why not? If you're Jeremy Pruitt and you thought, you know what? I've always thought for years that this really funky defensive formation could could give some people some problems, but it also could blow up in my face completely. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out there and try it this game. I'm going to see how that goes.
1: Wildcat package with Jawan Jennings? Just anything. Anything you've got
0: that you think, you know what, this might not be the best stuff, but it's always been in the back of
1: my I, mind. Try w- some of that stuff. I would like to see them for the first half do the old every time we onside kick and we don't punt. Yeah, like the Arkansas I mean, it, high school team. I mean, yeah, like... Yeah, Alabama's gonna, you know, they're gonna put up probably 50 points a game, you know, 50 points in this game anyway. What if Jeremy Pruitt was telling the truth when he answered Wes's question earlier this week about his game plan? You mean
0: the one that he intentionally broke into a two-part question, even yeah. though it wasn't, so he could
1: give that answer? Yes. What it was, if uh, it, was,
0: it was? It was well played.
1: I, I will have mad respect for him if, for like the first half, they just like don't punt. Yeah, they're going for it on fourth and twenty at their own fifteen-yard line. What it's if like, they? What that's, if,
0: called, that's called a hal mummy.
1: What if they win the toss, defer, and then try an onside kick to start the game? <laughs> Yolo. I mean,
0: if you win the toss, say we want the ball and we're going to
1: score. You're probably going to get scored on anyway, so. I'm saying they choose to they choose to kick off first so that they can do that.
0: You 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 know what they're doing at that point? They're just they're just hurting uh they're just hurting Alabama's offensive numbers is all they're doing. Right. Be like, you want you think you're gonna get a thousand yards in this game, try again. We're gonna
1: keep Tua from winning the Heisman because his five scoring drives are gonna be forty yards.
0: Try again. Try again. But no, in all seriousness, I I mean we've had some fun with this segment, but I think if you're Tennessee, and you keep this anything within thirty points, um, you've probably done a pretty decent job. And I know people don't want to hear that; they're probably driving off the road in anger right now. But guys, it's just not—it's not the same. I mean, I will say though that Bama and Georgia is much closer to an even parity from a pure talent standpoint. Um, Now, two is a difference maker, um, and Bama's receivers are a billion times better. Um, But there are some places where I think Georgia might even have more talent than Bama does, or at least close. Mm A couple spots. And and so I
1: think that... The sideline is not one of them, for the record. uh, You know what, though? To to counter everything... But my
0: point is, Tennessee did some good things against Georgia, and it's not like the difference between Bama and Georgia is a million points. It it probably isn't.
1: to, To counter everything you just said, though, let's look at what Alabama's actually done in SEC play so far. They've beat South Carolina 47-23, they beat Ole Miss 59-31, and they beat Texas A&M 47-28. So every team they've played in SEC play has scored 23 points, and only one of them has allowed Alabama to score 50 points. Now, maybe they're taking the foot off the gas way early.
0: They 100% are.
1: And maybe that's a big factor in that. Who knows? And maybe Nick Saban does the same thing here, but... I'm not I'm not telling anybody what they should do with their money, but I'm taking the points in this game. I'll go ahead and tell you what my pick is. I think Tennessee covers and I don't really have much doubt about it because I think Tennessee if they play Mauer can score some points and I think they'll do things to shorten the game and I think Alabama takes their their foot off the gas pretty early and this the final score probably ends up in the 50 low 50s for Alabama, I would say at best.
0: Mauer's definitely a boomer bust guy in this game because there's a chance that he could give you more points on the board. There's also a chance he could throw about 3 pick sixes in this game. So you know, that's I, true. I, I mean, that that's he, he's going to give and he's going to take away. And that actually lends itself to y'all's argument about playing him to let him make the mistakes. Um, but I would say that if you don't play him in this game, you can tell your team. Yeah, that was really bad. But guess what, guys? Maurer didn't even play. I mean, look, Maurer's going to be back now. Everything's going to be fine.
1: I mean, look at that! Look at that South Carolina score. We didn't even think at that time South Carolina was very good. This was be- way before they beat Georgia, forty-seven twenty-three. You think Tennessee wouldn't be wouldn't take some confidence from only losing forty-seven twenty-three? As crazy as that sounds, I never
0: really thought Carolina was bad. I just thought Carolina had a the yeah. ca- the, had the had the ridiculous schedule that Tennessee's had at times in the past few years. I and just mean, didn't it was a tough schedule.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they were good enough that that was a decent game by Alabama for them to have only won forty-seven twenty-three. Like they they kind of messed around in that one and let South Carolina, you know hang around at least a little bit so i don't know i when i see that when i see those results so far old miss isn't very good and scored 31 I, I i you just play it straight up probably and you've got a chance to hang around and you know at least do some positive things i think it's a pretty good place to leave that discussion
0: guys we're going to take a quick break we're going to step away we're going to come back we're going to take your questions uh as we always do or almost always do uh at the uh, tail end of the thursday morning podcast so we're going we're to go pay some bills, ads, products, services, all those fun things, in-house ads. Be back in just one second. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Govall's 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services you just either did or did not hear momentarily. You can't say momentarily ago, a moment ago. Man, we are in bad form, aren't we?
1: Speak for yourself.
0: I am in bad form, aren't I? Just unacceptable. Unacceptable. Guys, as always, we got a bunch of questions to get to this week. Uh, we, we're keeping these just to the Go Vols 24-7 <clears throat> checkerboard this week and need to go uh,
1: rapid fire
0: rapid fire first question as always uh, you know what I'm gonna i've
1: got this pulled up so i'm ready to go for you haynes
0: haynes at the, regardless at the end of this year <coughs> haynes we're gonna have to send you um uh when we make our first friend of the pod t-shirt you're gonna have to get one because you've you just need to go ahead and send us a message with your t-shirt size we're gonna try to get you hooked up whenever we get this stuff made so uh question as always that he always has in this thread uh what is the average um although this week he actually had a typo what is the average of their offensive line i guess he mm. means age
1: size uh alabama starts what, what do you want do you want age or size or both both uh right tackle jedrick wills 320 pound junior uh looks like they're going to start deontay brown probably at right guard he's 338 and he's a redshirt junior big boy uh Landon dickerson who will be a familiar name yep. to some tennessee fans uh, uh i believe is their starting center now playing he just plays nasty apparently Uh, 66308 richard jr left guard evan neal 360 pounder but he but he's a freshman wasn't he a five-star ryan evan neal he was yeah well there you go
0: they have a center that's like five inches taller than their quarterback that's uh
1: and then left tackle is alex leverwood who's 66310 jr so what is that four juniors and a freshman
0: yeah so they're old and big and good Right.
1: Yeah. There's some big dudes up front. If you want
0: to feel good, though, Tennessee played, I think, a pretty decent offensive line last week. This does not need to be lost in the shuffle. Mississippi yeah, State's offensive Let me not, finish. No. They're,
1: we need they're to go huge. rapid fire. They're this is not rapid fire.
0: Pat. Mississippi State's offensive line has a bunch of upperclassmen, and they're incredibly large mammals. And they had the the best, the you know, the the number one rusher in the SEC. So let's not completely discount the fact that Tennessee played pretty well uh, defensively, but it's a completely different world this week. Uh, let's see here, question from um, Titan Blue Go Vols. Not that this has happened recently, but what brand cigars does the staff keep on stock just in case Tennessee beats Alabama? Is it nice cigars like a Cohiba or Maduro, or is it like backwoods and philly blunts
1: that's a great question
0: i would imagine that it's probably a mid-grade cigar i, I don't think it's a, a cohiba and i'm a, I, I love a good cigar so um i actually like love cohibas and maduros they're both great brands obviously but um yeah I, I don't think they're anything great like a like a cuban or anything like that maybe a maybe a solid mid-range like dominican something like that are you done something like that did you mean minican Dominican. <laughs>
1: do do dominican. I know, it was a Letterkenny reference. Minikin, Minikin, Polko.
0: Minikin, Polko. Coon Down Polko, down Polko. If you're not watching Letterkenny, by the way, you absolutely should. And again, Hulu, you should be giving us money for all these shout-outs about the best show on television right now. Um, Anybody else have any thoughts on the cigar question? Nope, next. Uh, I will say that if you have a humidor, keep it around 70. Or not. (laughs) Keep it around uh, the the humidity around 70. I need to check around. Uh,
1: Some people in the program who would know that, maybe they'll... They'll tell us something.
0: It'd be really fun if they're Philly blunts. Uh, question, Polly Rules. Uh, what do you think of the lights that Bama and UGA had installed? Personally, I'm not a fan and it's not sour grapes. I wouldn't like them if they were installed in Neyland.
1: I think they're stupid and I want to avoid them on Saturday night if I can. Uh, they can be fun if you use them the right way, but <laughs> Haynes has another great question coming up. <laughs> Let's just get to that one. Who cares? Lights are stupid. <laughs>
0: Craig Fitzgerald. It's, first off, it's also in all caps, which is the best way to answer to ask questions. I think Craig Fitzgerald and his staffers versus Jawan Jennings, Roman Harrison, Elijah Simmons, and Brian Mauer. Who would win in hand to hand combat? So this is what are we talking? When his staff, we're talking about the five full timers or whatever, the six, the six man full time. I think
1: he's. I think he picked one player for every staffer, so it's a bunch of one on ones. Give me the staff because they're grown men, like actual grown adult men.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, Mauer's a tough kid, but, you know, I don't know that you...
1: And they got uh, Byron Garrido used to play defensive line at South Carolina, so he'd be the guy you'd match with Simmons. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the staff. I...
0: Well, and it's, it, it breaks my heart to say that a team with Elijah Simmons think, would ever lose at anything.
1: And I think Shaq Wilson also played at South Carolina, so... I mean, if you it, put him up it, with, with Harrison, Fitz would have to take Juwan himself. If, if they
0: got in a singing contest, though, the team with Simmons on it wins.
1: <laughs> if you, <laughs> yes. If you've heard some of the old stories about Craig Fitzgerald, just, you know, he's more of an advantage than people might be thinking, let's put it that Oh, way. no, he's
0: full insane. Like, there's... He is very high on the list of human beings I would not want to mess with. Very, I, very
1: high on that list. I, I would agree. Um... I, I, yeah, that to me that's a that's a tough one just because you, the young guys, the big guys, you know that, that gives you you get that youthful advantage maybe, but uh, still some big mean men on that staff. I'm I'm taking the staff.
0: Question from loud noises, which is again one of our better usernames on Govols twenty 7s checkerboard. Uh, going into the season, which would you have said would be more likely, Tennessee losing to Georgia State or Bama losing to Tennessee? Wow, that's a good one. You want my honest answer? I would have said the first, but I wouldn't have picked either
1: one. Yes, so I, I was thinking the same thing. I think the odds of Tennessee beating Alabama are like, what? What does the FBI say? Three percent or something like, like at,
0: that. At Bryant Denny Stadium, I just don't. Yeah, know. I think yeah, probably the Georgia odds, State.
1: The odds of Tennessee losing to Georgia State were probably single digits too, but probably higher than three. Uh, or I think I think I had it at three point one percent, which is about a half a percent higher than they give Tennessee's chances on Saturday. Good. There you go. Good. But that is well. No, never mind. Good question from I was was going to say something dumb. It's close, but I think slight, slight edge to Georgia State.
0: Uh, You can say dumb things all the time. I do it just for fun. Here we go. Uh, CPA vol, good question. Ryan and Grant, uh, who actually Grant's not here. Sorry, I agree. But uh, he'll go, well, we'll, maybe he meant Pat since you're here. Ryan and Pat, how did y'all come to love the Cardinals and the Braves? And Wes, how did you come to love the Taliban? (laughs)
1: Handle yours first, Wes.
0: Um, I grew up, and there were only a couple teams you could watch on TV every single day, Uh, and one of them was the Chicago Cubs, and uh, they were played day games, and they were on during the day. So I, you know, got to watch them. Andre Dawson was like my favorite player ever, and then I was told that my great uncle. Uh, was a player and manager for the Cubs. Um, the last person to serve as both a player and manager for the Cubs at the same time. And uh, that got me excited. His name was Robin Moranville, I have one of his cards and signatures up there on the wall. And um, yeah, that was uh, uh, that that did it for me. I was a Cub for life but at that let, point.
1: But let the record show he spent one year with the Cubs and two years with the Cardinals. He
0: was never a player slash manager. Okay. He also won a World Series with the Cardinals. The, then, uh, after he got fired from the Cubs for drinking too much. So
1: you should be a Cardinals <laughs> fan is what you're saying.
0: No, I would never. Uh, I
1: was probably more of a Red Sox fan when I was little because of my dad. But, you know, the Braves are always on. They were always winning. Um, lately, I've gotten in the Braves because a couple of my friends have been big Braves fan, and I know some people that work for them. So. You, you grew up in in Memphis. Weren't, you, weren't the Cardinals always on TV? No, but we, I went to a bunch of uh, Memphis Redbirds games where they were that's the yeah. AAA A affiliate. So Pat I probably up, saw
0: I grew up in a nice Christian family. They weren't allowed to watch Satan on television. <laughs> there you go.
1: That's another explanation, Ryan. Um uh, mine mine's less uh, less simple than that, but it's it really is kind of you're, kinda, a, you're no, a bad person, is that no no it's two, two things. One, uh, I always kinda like the Cardinals a little bit. My grandfather talked a lot about like Willie McGee and some of those guys from the eighties um, when I was growing up. And then the first place we went to a game was Bush Stadium when I was like four. Uh, I actually have, uh, I, th- I think at the time I got like a stuffed Fred Bird mascot that I wanted at the game because I, I was four and stupid. So, um, anyway, and then years later, I, I kind of got out of baseball for a few years. And the strike sort of soured me on it. And then, but I was a big a- Oh, so
0: you're one of those losers.
1: Yeah. So I was a big A's fan and Mark McGuire fan before the strike, though. And like I so my only interest in baseball for a couple years was McGuire being a great power hitter. And then he gets traded to St. Louis. So it made it really easy for me to say, hey, that's I ne- I never got to see the A's play because they're on the other side of the country for me growing up, and here are the Cardinals, and they're a team I've always kind of liked. So this is easy. So yeah, my
0: dad's a big Cincinnati Reds fan, and and so he was really crushed when I became a Cubs fan when I was a kid, and I heard the stuff about my mom's because my mom's side of the family is the Cubs side of the family, and um. But then he took me to games every single summer at at uh, at Old Riverfront, and um, there was one game where George Bell hit three home runs in the first inning for the Cubs, and uh, even though my dad got me like, um. You know, a Chris Sabo autograph after the game and like Eric Davis and a bunch of those guys. I was still like, Dad, you know, I love the Cubs, right? So I think that broke his heart and he's my hero. So I hated to do that. But
1: and then Mark McGuire turned out to be a huge cheater. So that was always fun yeah, to look back unlike on. Unlike Sammy
0: too. Sosa, who's totally innocent. Yeah. Uh, question uh, from Polly Rules uh, How disappointed are y'all uh, that Tennessee doesn't line up with a fullback every play? Great question. Very, very disappointed. They do have a
1: fullback. He's a de facto fullback. His name is Austin Pope. He lines up everywhere. He's versatile, that's but he, agile, but he
0: doesn't line up just as a total like classic fullback. That's
1: today's game, though. Man, it's uh, it's when? crazy.
0: You know, last season it didn't work out for them.
1: Congratulations the, to Polly Rules to get West to
0: go off on fullback. So, <laughs> one time last season, the Tennessee ran one of those greatest plays. Um, you know, yeah, they had a fullback against Georgia on third and one and got stuffed. They also had one against Florida and they got a first
1: down for next week's podcast questions thread. We just need everyone to stuff the ballot box with questions aimed at triggering West. The
0: greatest play in all of football is a play-action, weak-side pass to the fullback. It has never been covered. It never will. It is a guaranteed great play. Although Tennessee doesn't throw swing passes great, so maybe not in this case. But in general, um, that that's one that I would do. Question for Polly Rules. Uh, how would y'all try to improve this team in the offseason?
1: Uh, deer antler spray and more good players. Yeah. So lots of recruiting.
0: <laughs> recruiting, recruiting, yes. recruiting.
1: And some deer antler spray.
0: Yeah. Recruiting, 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 steroids.
1: That's, that's that's not the spray is not serious It's different things.
0: It's just degrees of of enhancer. There, they're both enhancers. You know, uh, in all seriousness, uh, Tennessee has is finally starting to get a little bit better play up front, which is such a key to the entire thing. Um, but what Tennessee needs badly, and I mean badly, is it just needs more good players to build a culture, to build some depth, uh, and to have some some like minded guys who kind of all move in the same direction they're getting closer to that but they just they need more bodies and they it's hard to be it's hard to go from where tennessee is now to where tennessee wants to be unless you have really good players pushing each other to be the best every day that's the only way you gain they, ground
1: they need time and talent you got you gotta have time for these guys to develop the ones that are on the roster who can help you compete in the sec and then you've got to have more players like them and there aren't time? aren't enough of those guys so another off season in the strength and conditioning program helps a lot i think that'll That'll make a difference, but yeah, you need more talent too. Time, th- talent, and deer antler spray.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the three T's. Time, talent, and Teroids. That's or the, the the spray. Or the the <laughs> the deer antler spray. Uh, let's see here. Um, Kyle
1: Mathini has a good question.
0: Wait a minute, I'm skipping a couple here.
1: Uh, Before that one, Rob Munt. Okay, G we need one. to be quick. We these. answered Rob's in the podcast. He wanted to know what happened to make this game successful for the balls. There yeah. you go.
0: A uh, question from Kyle uh, Matheny. Why are you such a chump? I, I don't know who that was. <laughs> and, aimed, and
1: it ended with GBO. Let's assume it was directed at you, Wes. Um, why are you such I, a chump? I, don't, I, I think a lot of people
0: would love to know that. I don't <laughs> really know why. I just get up and I do things that I think make sense, which tend to get me in trouble. Uh, loud noises how many 10 win seasons without without a natty would it take to get kirby fired 10 win seasons are a lot maybe like eight or nine before I, it became a problem Fewer than
1: it took them to make a move on mark rick oh i see i think a lot because well it depends on what those 10 win seasons yeah, are well, it took him 15 years for mark rick so if you're going Kirby's to if you're winning 12 games and going to the playoff and just not winning at all that's one thing if you're not winning your division and winning 10 games then it's a problem i think it would take three or four of those types of seasons, I think it would take a lot of seasons of making the playoff and winning SEC championships and still not winning champion national titles for it to be a huge issue. And Kirby Smart's a Georgia guy too, so I think they're going to give him time.
0: Let's see here. A uh, question from JA. I think it's more of a more of a comment than a question. Uh, will any of you guys that suggested, jokingly or otherwise, that Tennessee should sit Maurer against Bama, please audibly slap yourself on the back of the head? Thank you. A lot has been made of this. It's back of the hand. Back of the hand, yeah. See, Just go ahead and do it. Can't even read. Like this, like There you go. A lot. Next. A lot has been made about this culture of losing in the program. So suggesting that we should sit Mauer because he doesn't stand don't stand to snowballs chance in hail of beating Bama is indicative of that very culture for sure.
1: Well said.
0: I still am trying to play the long game here. <laughs> uh CPA Vol, does Georgia beat South Carolina with Jim Cheney as O. C.
1: Yes. Considering the game could have gone either way anyway, sure. Why not?
0: I think the Georgia fans who were hard on Jim Chaney are foolish, but I think the Tennessee fans who were hard on Jim Chaney are foolish. I think he's one of the best, most proven offensive coordinators out there with a, with a CV that, that puts a lot of others to shame or should, or, or should I say to shame uh, between the four of you who wins in a turnip eating contest?
1: Wes, Wes, cause you actually grew, you, you are from a farm. I don't even like turnips.
0: Nope. Uh, I can't say I love turnips, but if it's a contest, I'll, I'll do anything I can to win it. Uh, which running back uh, should, this is from Doug Vol, ATL 03, which running back should get the most carries in this game? Are you saying should or will? Because if it should, should if it should, I'm going to say Ty Chandler. Ty if Chandler. it's will, I think it's Tim Jordan.
1: Really? Okay. I I, I think it's Chandler every game. I think he's, he's the only home run hitter in your backfield. Feed him consistently. Uh, for some reason, he's had four games this season in the first six, I believe, that he's had 10 or fewer carries. I think that needs to change. I think Tennessee needs to make sure he gets opportunities and, uh, he's one of the few guys who can turn a 4-yard play into a 40-yard play. So,
0: yeah, I would well. I would get I would get Chandler if any game where he doesn't have 15 touches is a game where I think they've done their job poorly. Yeah. Any game where he's healthy and doesn't get 15 touches is a mistake.
1: And, and you know what? That we talked all offseason about him getting the ball in, in the passing game and we haven't seen that either. They need to I think force it into his hands a little bit more the second half.
0: Two questions left, one from Polly Rolls, if you could change one rule in college football, what would it be?
1: Oh man. Uh, maybe turn pass interference into a spot foul as opposed to 15 yard, like that, the NFL.
0: That would be my one rule change on the field. My one rule change off the field was everybody gets a free one time transfer.
1: That would be my other rule. Those those are both pretty good ones. Um, Until
0: coaches are allowed, coaches are still allowed to move wherever they want. Players should should have to should be given the same freedom I, at least once in their career.
1: I I would allow uh, anything about instant replay targeting any of that stuff. That always seems to get people triggered. I I That's would. Fair. I would lean toward maybe in allowing review on, on more penalties. I think that's still an interesting – Boy,
0: here's a really – that's a good point, Ryan. Here's a really good question. We'll wrap it up on this one. Gaffney, VFL89. Who has the better chance of being a freshman All-American at the end of the season, Wanye Morris or Hank T?
1: Uh, Hank T. I think he's going to be way up there because he's going to probably have close to 100 tackles, and anything, any freshman that can do that is, is going to be in consideration for a lot of awards. But there are fewer offensive linemen who play as true freshmen so maybe that gives nah, Morris a good chance too. Yeah, I I'll, I'll say Wanye just based on that and the fact that most people that vote on these things aren't really studying much film and so Fair. they'll just see hey this guy started 11 or 10 11 12 games. Well, be like, I, well he, he's At left be the tackle, guy. wow. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. just I just thought of this too. Alabama's got two freshman linebackers starting this year. Okay, I changed my answer. It's it's Wanye Morris because not many offensive linemen start as true freshmen which is why Trey Smith was a shoe in as a freshman All American when he played two years ago.
0: I might go Wanye just because there's a lot of people who won't want to try to spell to- or say toto. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think either one could do it. I think they'll both be freshman All SEC, and I think that yep. um, either one of them has a chance to be an All American. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will be back Monday, um, if unless something happens before then. That's kind of crazy. So. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm West Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey's Grant Ramey on Twitter. You can also find all of us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 247 or facebook.com slash twenty 247 We have a good Facebook page. Grant does a great job with that. Go check that out for sure. Uh, or if you want to drink water straight from the hose, go to govols247.com, the best site, period, dot, end of sentence, Uh, that covers Tennessee athletics. Uh, You can find all of our stuff there all the time. It's like this podcast, but all the time, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by and large. That's why we call it that. Uh, It's not just a name. As Wayne's World would say, it's not just a clever name, right? It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Uh, And uh, now you can get a full year subscription for 30% off. So go do that. Pat, you got any final thoughts?
1: Nope.